I met Jesus and uh, it changed the course of my life. And what I, what I tell people, it's not like I just, you know, got saved or I started believing. It, it's different. It was more than that. I found a new purpose in life. And what I've realized is that when you, when you and I choose to follow this person, Jesus, and you identify with this person, Jesus, he will continually, continually, stubbornly, he will continually challenge the limitations of your life. And he will want you to go with him to places and, and, and do things that are not in your comfort zone at all. He'll call you out of a life that you, you know, want to live into a life that you were created to live. In your span of life, you can have major epic failures and fears and you can be fully controlled by it. But if you can move forward, if you can step up and you can continue to follow God, God calls you righteous the whole time. But you have to believe that what he was able to do, what he promised, he'll do it. All right, well, good morning. Good morning, good morning. How are you guys doing? Good? Hey, you guys enjoying the weather this weekend? Well, you're welcome. See, I'm from the Middle East and I brought the heat. Uh, no, not really, not really. I am from the Middle East, though. Um, so if I haven't met you, I'm Naeem, um, and um, I'm so glad to be here continuing the series, uh, um, Jesus Misplaced, uh, this, this weekend. And I'm so grateful for, the, for your pastor, uh, Tim. Don't you just love the guy? He's awesome. He's awesome. Yeah, he's, I, I'm actually staying. I'm actually staying at his house, so I'm going to be taking selfies at random places in his house, and I'll post them. So if you follow me on Instagram, you'll, no, no, I won't do that. Or maybe I will. Maybe I will. Well, hey, uh, those of you who might not know, I'm also the, known um, at this church, I think, as the guy who can't say this word right here. Uh, yeah, I can't say scroll. I can't do it. I'm not even going to try, so I'm going to move past that. Uh, but I, I will tell you this. Uh, this weekend is, is very special. That's why I addressed appropriately. No one else did. Anyways, but... Uh, Actually, I didn't even think about it. I didn't even think about it. But I did think about the fact that uh, I have a story, and my story... Um, a place uh, is, is connected to the armed forces. In fact, I was in a war, and uh, the U.S. armed forces uh, saved us and rescued us. So I just want to say thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yes. Being from the Middle East, I want to just say you guys are awesome and appreciate your sacrifice. All right, so we're going to continue this conversation that we've been having about Jesus misplaced. But before we do that, I want to introduce you to a friend of mine right here. So look at her. Now, this is Molly, Molly McKinney. She's, she's pretty, isn't she? She is. Yeah, she's, she's taken, by the way. She's taken. Um, those of you who are like, hey, can I have a number? No. So what's interesting about Molly is, is that she actually works for NASA. And she's done a show for NASA. And here, she actually won an award uh, for a show uh, in NASA. And she's really, really interesting family. In fact, her parents live not in a regular neighborhood. Her, their neighborhood, basically, they don't have a garage. They have a hangar. Yeah, they have a plane there, and I've actually stayed at her house with some friends, and we've got you know, her and her dad's plane and took off. I mean, it's like, this is crazy. But you know what? That's not even that interesting about Molly. What's really interesting about Molly is her love uh, for these things right here. What are these? Yeah, these puppies. Yeah, some of you guys are like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, there's another picture of this puppy. Look at that. Oh. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, how, okay, here's the deal with, with, with Molly and puppies, okay? We, we, you know, we all care about certain things. I mean, I think some of you care about puppies, right? Anybody care about puppies and pets and they need to be adopted, right? Okay, but the question is, do you care enough? You see, I met Molly, first time I met her at church. She had brought these puppies to church to get them adopted. I walked out in the foyer and I went, what's going on? The church has gone to the dogs. And so I was like, and she is like trying to get these, these puppies adopted. She's a little crazy when it comes to that, you know? She brought this little, the guy that I just, little puppy that I showed you, she, she brought him and, and, you know, and obviously got adopted, right? But I'm thinking, okay, what makes this woman do this? Now, see, I, I think what I've realized is that Molly is, doesn't just care. She cares enough to do something about it. We all care about certain things, but there's a difference between caring and caring enough to do something, right? How many of you, for example, care about your health? Anybody? Anybody care about your health? Okay. How, okay. Do you care enough to stop eating bacon? <laughs> right. You, yeah. Someone just said... Heck no, with an, yeah, yeah, no way, right? You're like, what is that heresy? What is that? Okay, how many of you care about the environment? Anybody? I care about the environment. Anybody? Enough to drive a Prius. No. And you know what? Stop it. Okay, my goal in life is not to drive a Prius. You know, it's a Porsche. It's a Porsche. Porsche would be nice, right? There are certain things that we care about, well, we just don't care enough to change, really. I mean, you know. Here's the problem. We all know this. Things only change when you care enough. Not when you care. When you care enough to change something, then things change. Things change only when you care enough. The reason why I'm talking about this is because I believe that God wants us to care enough to help, to serve. Last week, Pastor Tim started the conversation, and he basically talked about this idea that Jesus, uh, when you look at his life, it seems like he's misplaced certain, uh, certain places. He finds himself in conversations that are odd, and the reason is, is that Jesus is on mission. He's calling us to be on mission as well, and so if last week was all about connecting in relationship, this weekend is really about caring enough to help, to serve do you and I have the ability to do that? Are we going to move to that point? Now, the, the whole idea about this series is really found in this passage of scriptures in the Corinthians. And it starts off and says this. It says, and all this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. See, the writer of 2 Corinthians basically saying, hey, we've been given this gift of a relationship with God, and here's the crazy thing. The crazy thing is that God is now giving us this opportunity to partner with him to reconcile the world. He keeps on going, and he says, no longer counting people's sins against them, and he gave us, he gave us this wonderful message of what? reconciliation. So we are, we are what? What's that word? Ambassadors for Christ as, as though, as though God himself was pleading through us. So God has given us this task. He said, hey, I want you to have a relationship with me, but now I want you to be on mission with me. I want you to reconcile people to me. 
I want you to do that. And basically what he's saying is, I want you to care enough to change your life, a little bit of your schedule, care enough to help, to serve, to invite, to share. I want you to care enough because you're my game plan to save the world, to which some of us would say, bad plan. Right? You're like, oh, I don't know about that, man. I don't know. But that is God's idea. And you know why? Do you know why? Do you know why? Why? Thank you. Okay, good. Okay, so the reason is, is because God knows something about us, all of us. I mean, regardless of how young you are, how old you are, regardless of age and stage of life, he knows something about us. He knows that we're wired up to be really significant. We're wired up to live a life that when we partner with someone or we are involved in, in an opportunity that really makes a difference in this world, that it's bigger than us, then we feel fulfilled. See, God knows the secret to life and the secret to success as well because we want to be successful, but here's really the key. Here's the key. The key, the secret of being successful in life, here's the key, is what? Being significant in someone what? Else's life. God knows this. Okay, now you might think, well, no, 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 no. Success is basically driving a Porsche. No, but really, if you think about it, success, the secret is really being significant in someone's life. You know this. I mean, okay, how many of you ever helped someone with groceries? Anybody? Like, you know, like, just, just jumped in there to just help someone out, right? You feel good, but you, you know, they feel great, but you feel great too, right? Okay, how many of you have done this, okay? Be honest. I know it's early, but be honest. You've been in traffic. It's bumper to bumper. It's crazy. Someone's trying to get in, Right? And you're like looking at them, but you don't want to look at them. You don't, right? You don't want to look at them. Okay? Because you're usually really generous, but not today. Right? It's a bad day. You didn't get your coffee. Whatever. And so here's the trick, right? Don't look at them. Right? So you're there, and you're, 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 they're, like, they're inching forward, and you're like, don't look. I'm not looking. I'm not looking. I'm not looking. I'm not looking. I'm good. I love Jesus, but that's good. They love Jesus. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. I'm late. I'm late. And then you look and you're like, oh, God, I'm lo I looked. And what are their, their, their faces like, you're right? And you're like, then you look and then you go, oh, okay, okay. And then you go, go ahead. And when you do that, what do you feel? I'm amazing. I'm the most generous person in the world, right? You're like, go ahead. I'm the traffic god, and I will spare you. You feel that. You feel that. But, okay, on a side note, though, have you ever, have you, have you realized, though, that when, if they don't move the second you tell them to move, you change? Have you done that? Like, I do this, I'm like, go. Go for the love, go, right? I turn from like angel to demon like that, like that. But I still feel good that I let someone in traffic. I'm a good guy. I'm a good guy. You see, if you take that on a, on a serious level, though, when you impact someone's life personally, you see, to influence them, you can do it from afar. But to really change someone's life, you got to do it one-on-one. -on -one. And when you impact someone's life, a student, a, um, uh, a kid, uh, a coworker, when you impact them, Something happens to you inside of you. That's why God wants you to partner with him. Because he knows that the secret to success is what? Being significant in someone else's life. 
That's what he knows. And that's why he wants you and I to be on mission with him. Care enough to serve. Care enough to help out. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. I want to take you to a passage of scripture that illustrates this so well. It's found in a story. Basically, Jesus is, again, misplaced. He's at a wedding. He's attending a wedding. And you probably know the story. Some of you might, or most of you. And he's at this wedding. An interesting thing happens in this wedding. He, he finds himself in a conversation with his mom. And I'm going to get to it. Before I get to it, let me set this up. This is really interesting because he's at a wedding, right? And we don't know exactly whose wedding it is. We know that they're part of maybe the, uh, like, um, uh, extended family, because his mom was in, at the wedding as well. And, and so basically the wedding's going great, but then the wine runs out, okay? So the wine runs out, no big deal, I guess, you know, because it's a big party. And they have large, large weddings. It happens, you know, in the Middle Eastern culture, you know, we have weddings not on one day. It takes a couple, it's a week-long thing. So, so the wine runs out. And so Jesus' mom is concerned about it. And I don't know why, but she's concerned about it. And so then she starts a conversation with Jesus. And she asks Jesus, because she knows who Jesus is, you know. And she goes, the wine has run out. I want you to do something about it. Now, exactly, why did she talk to him about this, right? Because, I mean, who thinks about doing that? Unless, unless you know that Jesus growing up did something like this before. But anyways, that's just my thought. Okay. But I mean, come on, think about it. Have you ever been to a party and the alcohol runs out and people go, let's pray? <laughs> no one does that. They're like, gather around. Come on, come on. Let's grab hands. No one. But Jesus' mom is like, oh, I got this. Hold on one second. And so she goes to Jesus and tells him, I need you to fix something. I want you to do something. And so here's where you pick it up. This is, I'm not making this up, people. Look at this. Dear woman, this is his response. What's that, what's that phrase? I didn't hear you. What is that? That's not our problem. This is the son of God. Which is a right response, I guess. I mean, that's not my problem. What, what, what am I? Really? Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. Basically what Jesus is saying is, mom, mom. Have you ever had that conversation with mom? Listen, I don't want to do this. Let me tell you why I don't want to do this. If I do something like this, if I, I know what you want me to do, okay? If I do this, uh, people will know. This will be the first miracle. And I don't want to come out like that. Like, I don't want to debut as, hey, I got beer. No, that's not my deal. I, that's not, I don't want to do that, mom. Have you ever done something for mom that you didn't want to do? You're like, I don't, I'm not going to raise my hand. I'm fearful. Here's one. But this is so funny. But his mom told the servants, now hold on, she didn't even respond to Jesus. Classic mom. But his mom told his servants, uh, do whatever he tells you. I'm out. Figure it out. So he goes on. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Wow. Jesus told his servants, fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremony. So the servants followed his instructions. 
When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it could come from, he called to the bride, called the bridegroom over. And then this is what he said. He said, a host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then when everyone has had a lot to drink, this isn't the Bible, he brings out the less expensive wine, but you have kept the best until now. Until now. Keeps on going. This miraculous sign at, at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory. And I love this phrase. And his disciples believed in him. Of course. Jesus never runs out of alcohol. I'll believe. Let's go. Now, you know, this is interesting because if you read this, and we're, you know, obviously, you know, it's lighthearted as we talk about what was going on. But I mean, when you think about it, in a serious note, about 75,000, I believe, 75,000 people um, are affected by, um, by alcohol. Like, uh, they're, they're, they're about 75,000 people are affected by either a death uh, connected to alcohol. I mean, so alcohol is a big problem in our culture, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's something that, that people are addicted to. It's, it's, it's a sad thing. And, and you know and I know that, that we have families that live with the pain of this. So this is really interesting because some would say, well, this wasn't really wine. This was not the kind of stuff we have, and it wasn't really that. And, and you, could, you could talk about that. You could, also, you could also talk about the spiritual aspect of, it, of how water and wine is also connected to this idea that when Jesus died on the cross, the way they found out, water represents, you know, just life, and, and life was poured out of him. I don't know if you remember, he was on the cross, and, they, and the spear pierced his side, and water and blood flowed out, and water was a symbol of life that he basically was pouring out so we could have life. And then, you know, the blood and wine are connected, are symbolic in the scriptures. And so you could, you could see that God was trying to give us new life with this. And, and it's, it's really interesting because if we go down the spiritual aspects of this passage, it's, it is very profound. But, but, but let's just get really practical. Jesus started the conversation with, that's not our problem. And ended with, Here's the best wine you've ever had. Come on. He started with that. Somewhere he changed, right? I think he's calling us to do the same thing. Like where we have to move from, what I call, we have to move from, it's not my problem, to, help me out here, to what? To how can I help? I think in life, in, 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 uh, in the people that we encounter in every arena of our life, I think we have to move from, it's not my problem, it's not my deal, it's, it's, it's not my project, it's not my, uh, we don't know them, uh, I don't know her, uh, I'm not connected to this person, it's not my problem, it's not my problem, it's not my, someone else will take care of it, I, it's not my problem, it's not our problem, we, need, we don't need to get involved in this, it's not my problem, it's not my, I think we have to move from it's not our problem to how can I help? How can I help? How can I help? See, when you care, that's a good thing. You care and you pray for the person. But when, if you care enough, you do something. You change. You change your perspective. You change 
your routine. You go out of the way. You do something that's really uncomfortable. You do something that maybe like Jesus, he was like, at first thought, I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. But then I will, I will do it. It's not my problem, but I will jump in. I will help. I think very practically as, as followers of Jesus, if you are one, I think God's calling you to care enough to go, uh, it's not my problem, but I will help. And when I help, I'll do the best I can do. But the, pro- but the issue really is, is that are we willing to em- embrace other people's issues? And are we willing to maybe, you know, I don't know, get our hands dirty? You know, because we all have an image, right? And, we, and sometimes when we are called to do something, it kind of messes up our image. For example, I was, I was invited to a party uh, uh, you know, a couple months ago, and, and, um, and uh, <sighs> so it was a big party in this guy's house, and uh, there was not enough parking spaces, so people parked near, you know, far away, like near the pool area, and uh, people were walking to their house, and so I was a little late as well, and so I, I parked my car, and I was walking to the house, and I noticed a bunch, a bunch of these, a uh, bunch of ladies there, and they were, they had this maybe a sheet of paper, and they were kind of looking around, and I thought they were going to the same party, and so I walked up to them, and I said, are you going to so-and-so's house? And they're like, oh yeah, and they're like, I think we're lost, and I was like, yeah, you are, but no, no worries, it's, oh, it's over there. And so uh, we were gonna, about to walk over there, and they turned around, and they were picking up some stuff and I thought thought there were supplies for the party you know and so when I looked it wasn't any supplies for the party it was all alcohol it was like a whole ton of it and I was like oh okay and so and at first I was like oh okay and so you know I was going to walk them to the party and then I thought I don't know if I want to walk with them I don't know if I want to walk with them because it's a bunch of ladies and with alcohol and I'm the only guy and I, I don't know it's not a good image to walk into a party like that, right? I'm like, right? So I was like, uh, but I got to walk with them, I guess. I, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. I don't know. I had this moral dilemma. I was like, I don't know. Should I do that? I don't know. I don't know. And so then I said, okay, let's just go. Let's go. And so they picked up the thing, and we were starting to walk, and I noticed they were like really struggling with that thing. So I was like, I'm not going to help. <laughs> do you guys feel me now? No, no. No. Do you guys? Anybody here? No? Okay, fine. Whatever. So, see I, see, I don't know if you know this. I'm a pastor, and I don't do that stuff. And I just, I, so, I'm, and so <laughs> we're walking, and they're struggling. And I was like, I'm not going to look. I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to say that I can, I can help, but I'm not. I'm not. And then I looked, and I was like, okay, I'll do it. So I turned around and said, hey, do you want me to help you out? You know, I'll, I can carry it. And she's like, oh, no, 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 that's fine. I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> so I <laughs> kept walking. I'm just opening up my heart here. Anyway, so, so I kept walking because I didn't want to show up to the party. We're like, hey. And so um, we're, keep, we're like, you know, still not there yet. And they're really struggling. They put it down again. And I go, you know, I can help. And she's like, okay, you, okay, you can do it. I was like, all right. And so I grabbed this thing. Now I've got like cartons. of It's just alcohol. It's all alcohol. And so I'm walking, walking, walking. And then we finally get to the house. And this is the scene. Okay, this is the scene. I am walking with alcohol Okay, all the way up here, there are women around me, and I walk up to this party. And there are people from my church like, hey, pastor name is here. And then they start taking off phones. They're like, hey. I'm like, do not. Do not do that. Nah, just being honest, just being honest, that is not the way I want to enter the party. You know, I'm like, hey, hon, no, I don't know them. I, uh, 
No, I, this is, this is, it affected my image. Jim saying, hey, 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 don't be judging me. Do you have an image? Yeah, you do. And see, sometimes God calls us to, uh, to, to help someone, and helping them is going to mess up our image a little bit. You're going to be associated with so-and-so. Oh, they were at that party, or they were at this gathering. Oh, they helped them out. See, the question for me was, am I willing to have my image messed with? Am I, am I okay with being misplaced in one sense? Am I okay with that just to help someone out? Am I? I think the only way for us to move from, it's not my problem, they can carry it themselves, to how can I help, requires you and me to move from, hey, you know what, I, I, I'm, I'm okay if I might be misunderstood. I, I'm going to still have that conversation. I'm going to still do something. I, I'm going I'm, I'm to do it. It's Jesus going, it's not our problem, but I get it. I understand. I, I, if I'm here, I'm going to help. I'm going to help. I'm going to turn this water into wine. Not so people can get drunk, no, but so people can just celebrate life. He was willing to do that. I think he's calling us to do that. What, what does it look like, right? What, what, are, what are some practical ways? Well, there, there are two. Uh, the first one is, are we, are we willing to do it? The, the, that's the big thing. Are we willing? So number one, are we willing? Here, and here's the question. Here's the question. Uh, are you willing to help? You and I have to be willing to do this. Because some of us, we're not. We're, we're, we're too busy. We're just, we're just too busy. We're too, we're too busy. And, um, you know, there's a passage of Scripture in Mark that Jesus talks about who, or Mark talks about who Jesus is. Let me read this to you. I think it's very challenging for me. It says this, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to what? Serve others and to what? Give his life for, uh, as a ransom for many. Even Jesus illustrated so well to us what servant leadership is all about, where we are just willing to help Willing to do something that's not even spiritual, but that just helps someone out. That does not make people feel embarrassed that they run out of stuff in the, at a party. Just the practical, small things in life. That's why we set up this, this, this picnic deal here, this cookout here. Because I think so many of us, you're going to attend so many cookouts. You're going to uh, have parties. You're going to have get-togethers. And weekends like this, we're reminded of who are the people around our parties. See, some of us, we throw our own parties. We control who comes. But some of us need, need to have the courage to attend some cookouts that you might think, you know, I don't want to go. I don't want to associate with them. Well, maybe you just might need to, to do that. The, the question and the problem really is, is that you're not willing to do it. You're not willing to do it. Could God be challenging you in that? The second is be available. Be available. You see, normally to serve, you have to be willing and able. But in God's economy, you have to be willing and available. Because the key to ministry is, you know what? The key to ministry is availability. I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. It is the key to it. Because if, if you, you can't really do any ministry, you can't minister, help, you can't um, step into a God moment if you're not even available for it. 
You're just like, you're so booked, you're busy, you got your whole life planned out. I mean, you've got kids, we all have stuff going on. We, we, we all do. But I think, I think that if you and I are going to care enough to do something, if we're going to join in what God is doing, if we're going to be on mission, then you and I have to ask ourselves, am I, as my family, willing to step into uncomfortable situations? And am I really available? Or is my schedule so slammed that I don't have time to attend a party, attend a cookout, help someone out, help a project, uh, uh, you know, at work, uh, help someone out at a project? Am I, uh, am I, am I just too too busy because if you're busy guess what you can't do it you 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 can't step into those moments if you're not available there's no way there's no way that you can have these great conversations with people because guess what you're just so busy you know this and i know this when we're busy when we're late to something i mean you're just focused on getting there you don't care about who's around and and and, you know granted i mean that you're just busy you you got to get somewhere I believe you and I need to challenge ourselves. Hey, are, am I really available to God to use me? I know I say it, but my schedule doesn't reflect it. Because I'll tell you what, when God sets up these moments, and I call them kairos moments. Kairos is the word for time, but not for linear time. It's actually for a, like a divine moment, a divine time. And God sets up these kairos moments for us. And if we're not willing to step into them, because sometimes they're just weird and uncomfortable, And if we're not available to step into those, we're never going to reap the benefits of it. We're never going to see God working through us and touching people's lives. I had this crazy uh, experience one day. Um, So I I met a guy, or I knew a guy who uh, started working at this new nightclub that opened up in our city, okay, in Charlotte. And, and it was like the hottest thing was in, on the radio and everybody was talking about it. And somehow I met, met uh, I knew this guy and he said, hey man, I want you to come and look at where I work. Okay, I'm like, uh, I'm probably not going to go clubbing, even though I got some moves. <laughs> no, not really, I don't. This is my moves right here. This is it. Um, and so I said, okay, what do you want me to do? And he's like, well, why don't you come on an afternoon, like a Wednesday afternoon. I just want to show you where I work. And I was like, all right, great, let's do it. And so I, it was kind of weird, but I was like, oh, I'll do it, I'll do it. I've never been to a nightclub in the afternoon, have you? Anyways, um, so I walk in and he shows me around. He's so excited about where he works and all that. And I'm like trying to be happy for him because, and then I'm and also thinking he probably shouldn't be working there. But anyways, I was like, I'm going to happy for him. I'm going to be happy for him. And so he's showing me around and in walks uh, the owner of the place. And so um, I get introduced to him and we end up in a conversation and, and we end up in a spiritual conversation where I begin to tell him my story. And if you don't know my story, I mean, I've been here two years, apart from you, have been talking about it, so you should by now know. But anyways, no, not really. But it's kind of crazy, crazy story. And so uh, I tell him my story, how I came to faith, and he is so intrigued by it, you know. And, and, uh, and I'm like amazed that we're having this conversation. And so I tell him all the stuff about my family who grew up Muslim and came to Christ and, and just, you know, what God has done in my life and how I moved to start a church. And I mean, just crazy stuff. And he is like seriously into this. And I can't believe we're having this conversation. And at the end of it, he goes, man, so uh, he's like, hey, bro, so uh, let me ask you, man, can you, um, can you bless this club? And I go, I'm sorry, what? 
And uh, he goes, no, can, you, can you bless this club, man? He's like, bless it, man. He says, bless it. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I don't think that's possible. Like, I don't know if, like, I can't do that, can I? I don't think there's a passage in Scripture. I mean, I don't know what, 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 what have you think, has it ever been done before? Like, what, what, how do you bless a club? You know, you know like, I don't, I don't, and so I'm like, uh, and as I was thinking it, my mouth said, sure, man. And so, so I'm like, sure, really? And so then I thought, you know, okay, okay, what do I do, what do I do? And so I asked him, I said, uh, okay, well, how about this, how about this? How about you think about it? And uh, how about you and I uh, maybe get together and just talk about why you wanted to bless the club and what are you thinking about that? Maybe we can spend some time talking about this a little bit and then uh, we'll do what we need to do. And so my hope was he was going to forget. That was my hope. Because I don't know what to do. Bless the club. Really? What do you do? And so, um, so the next a couple of days later, I get a text message from him. This is the owner of the club. He goes, hey, man. So still think about it. Are we, are we still good? Can you, can you still bless the club? I was like, yeah, man, sure, bro. You know? And um, I said, okay, you want to meet? And so I, my whole goal was I wanted to have a conversation with this guy. And so I meet him at his club a couple of days later in the afternoon. And uh, he takes me up to one of the lounges. And he shows me all this stuff that, you know, I'm like, I can't believe I'm getting the full tour of this, you know? Uh, and this is where the dancers are, and this is where I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And so we sit down, and we start having a conversation, and for two hours, we're talking about God. We're talking about his, his spiritual life. We're talking about his journey. We're talking about Jesus, and by the end of the conversation, man, he is crying, and it's, it's just like a beautiful moment, it's, it's, and, I, and I can't believe it, and, and I say, hey, man, I, I want to, and I told him, I said, you know, uh, um, you know, you've, you've known about God, but God wants you close. God wants you back. You've kind of fallen away. You, God wants you back. And he's like, I don't know if God wants me back. And I'm like, you know, he wants you back. And so it was just a great moment. And so we, we, um, we, we, we prayed. I prayed for him. And then I said, here's what I'm going to do, man. I want to pray for you. But then I, I don't know how I can bless this club, you know, because it's a, it's a place. But I'll tell you what. How about I pray? Uh, for this club. I'll just pray that when people come here, they're, they're, um, they're not motivated uh, um, by trying to escape their lives, uh, but they're motivated by, uh, by just celebrating what life is, that they would not be in, in making decisions that would ruin their lives and decay their soul, uh, but instead that they would ha enjoy friendships and companionship. I can pray that. And so, and we, you, know, he closed, uh, you know, he closed his eyes, and I, I was going to pray, and I looked up, and I thought, oh, my gosh, what am I doing, you know? This is crazy. And then I prayed for him. It was just a great, amazing, amazing experience. But can I tell you, I felt so weird about it. I felt so weird. And I'm on social media. I'm on Instagram and Facebook and all that. I was like, am I, should I take a selfie and just say, hey, just bless the club. You know me. Hashtag thug pastor. Oh, and I don't know what. Like, should I even put that on Facebook? You, you, know, you know what I'm saying, right? Because there's some of you going, I can't believe you did that. I know, I can't believe I did that. 
But I think it's like showing up at a wedding and then being asked to make wine. I think it's pretty much like that. Being asked to do something that's so misplaced. Could God be asking you to do the same? Could he? Maybe inviting these people over that you're like, I don't know about them. You invite them over. Maybe it's going out of the way and having lunch with this coworker. You're like, ah, I don't know. Their life is so messy. Have you met people that their lives are so messy? You're like, I don't want to get that mess on me. But maybe God's calling you to do that. Maybe God's saying, I just want you to do something really, really super practical. You can help them with this project. You can help them with this choice. You can help them figure this situation out. You can help them with their finances. Just go do it. Just go do it. I think God's saying to us, hey, do you care or do you care enough? Because if you care enough, you will be willing and you will make yourself available. I think that's our challenge, especially if you're a follower of Jesus. If you are, that's the challenge this morning for us. Now, if you're not, and if you've been consumed with what life is all about, because I think sometimes when we have a, a conversation about, you know, serving others and caring for others, sometimes we think, well, what about us? What about us? What about our own issues? What about our own situations and problems and concerns? What about us? If I'm busy trying to, you know, quote-unquote, help the world and serve the world, what about me? What are my, my issues and my, you know, finances and my relational, you know, complications? What about, what about, what about me? Let me read you a passage of Scripture that that's, it's a promise. It's a promise. It's a way to live life as well. First Peter says this. It says, live carefree before God. Live carefree before God. God. Now help me, all of us, let's read this out loud. Help me out. He is most careful with you. Peter is saying, hey, you can live carefree because there's a God out there who is in love with you, who's so careful with you. And you might think he's been careless because you're facing some issues. He is careful. You see, Everything you're facing right now, it, 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 it's, it's, it's good for you. You're like, name, stop. Don't, don't even say. Now, if it wasn't good for you at some point, if it was not beneficial in some way, it would not go through him. God has always been motivated by love. He came to serve us, give his life as a ransom. See, Jesus cared enough for us that he died a horrific death. He didn't just care, he cared enough. And he came to serve us. And so I will tell you, you can live focused on serving others because there's a God who's focused on you. And I just pray that you have the courage to do that this morning, to commit to do that. Can I pray for you? Let's pray together. Lord God, thank you so much for this conversation, this idea that, God, that you're calling us, you're calling us to, um, into conversations, into spaces, 
into opportunities that um, seem like they're misplaced. It seems like uh, we're not supposed to be in that conversation. But you're calling us to situations where we're, we're asked to help. And it's not really our problem. It's not our deal. But you're calling us. God, some of us are challenged this morning. We know of people in our lives that we're supposed to be available for, but we're not right now. There are people, God, in our lives that, that need help, but we're not willing. But we need to be. So God, would you empower us by your Holy Spirit? Would you comfort the ones here? Allow them to know, God, that we can be focused on serving the world because you are focused on us. God, we love you. We thank you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.